You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to SB Nation at the Super Bowl. We are pleased to be joined now by the brightest Dallas Cowboys mind, both sides of the Mississippi, host of the Will Kane Show. I don't think it's surprising. Will Kane, thanks for joining us on Radio Row. What's up? This is the most um, the most excited I've been for any interview I've done on this entire Radio Row. This is the one I wanted to do. My <laughs> man. Uh, we're big fans of you at BTB. The love is, is all there. We've always appreciated all the love you give us. Mike McCarthy, thoughts? I uh, love it. Didn't start that way. Like most love uh, that lasts, it's earned. Right. At first, my first reaction was I'm not excited. I wanted something sexy. I wanted something that totally. caught my attention. I wanted Urban Meyer. I wanted Lincoln Riley. But as the days passed, and by a number, I think it ended up being something like two or three days, I got really excited about it because Mike McCarthy, I don't think, has ever gotten the full respect that he deserves. His resume, when put next to coaches that we all agree are great coaches and perhaps even Hall of Fame coaches, mm-hmm. Sean Payton, Mike Tomlin. You had the Carroll. Sean Payton stat. I was, yeah. yeah, that was great. It's right there with them. Mm-hmm. Won Super Bowl, same winning percentage roughly for the regular season, same for the postseason. And yet some reason people discount McCarthy because he played or had Aaron Rodgers on his squad. But every one of those guys had a big-time quarterback as well. What do you think it is then? I mean, if you had to put, you know, like a taste to it, why do people praise Sean Payton and kind of like poo-poo Mike McCarthy? I I think it's, I don't know, like, I I guess maybe the Saints have like a sexier vibe to them. You know what I mean? People just want to fall in love with that. And Sean Payton has this like smoldering, not even like physical trait, but like he's he's the guy who's going to, you know, kick an onside kick. And you know what I mean? He's got this wild card element to him. And McCarthy's just, do you know he had the, the Sharpie behind his neck? Have you ever seen that? No, dude. He um he used to keep like a like a sharpie on his cap, like in the adjustable part. Oh, right, right, right. And it would like because he would use it on his play sheet or whatever, and it would mark his neck. So he'd like end a game and he'd have like <laughs> all sorts of marks. So like that's like Jay Glazer called him a grunt, and I think you've got like this grunt versus this like GQ model sort of thing. Do you see that? I know exactly what you're getting at. I don't know that Sean Payton's a GQ model, but I know what you're saying. It's not necessarily in his physical right. appearance, but in his personality. Exactly. So there's two reasons I think McCarthy doesn't get credit. One is just what, exactly what you're saying. Personality counts for a lot, man. Mm-hmm. For better or worse in life, um, my McCarthy's just kind of boring. He's just kind of boring, and that's yeah. worked against him, where Payton says things, uh, goes for it on fourth down, and onside kicks it, and the Super Bowl mm-hmm. does choking things. motions on the sideline at Devontae Freeman. Yes. You know, taunts he, Vikings fans right before his team blows a playoff game. <laughs> Pete Carroll's charming, has his self-help stuff. Right. Mike yeah. Tomlin looks like a player's coach. He can fire you up. Uh, but Mike McCarthy's boring. Yeah. So that's one. The other is, well, different than Tomlin, different than Carroll, different than, um, than all the others. Mike McCarthy's all-world Hall of Fame Big time quarterback threw him under the bus. Right, there's a divorce. So who's going to win yeah. the public battle on that? Totally Rogers agree. or McCarthy? I agree. And I remember when um, when Jordan Rogers was on The Bachelor, and I remember 
that was like this turning point for Aaron. I think Aaron went on like the Ringer, or it was when Bill had the the HBO show, and he went on and like that was the moment I really turned on Aaron personally. Um, not the 2014 divisional round. Uh, <laughs> no, no, you know, it wasn't all that. It was, but like that was the moment where I didn't turn, but I was like, there's something else to this dude, you know? Because it was like I'm not a big Bachelor guy, but it was like the night before the like family visits episode or whatever, and so Aaron clearly wanted to get out in front and just kind of talk about his own, you know thoughts because his family stuff's been talked about a lot uh but i agree with you i think like everyone aaron is also i think many people believe better than all those guys right so it's, it's not just that he's a hall of fame quarterback he's the best now, one. if we really did that and we said hey who's got the better hall of fame candidacy drew Brees? oh i love this or aaron Rodgers? Yeah. is everybody gonna vote aaron Rodgers? i don't i don't know that they would i so this and is by the, the way russell wilson's path i agree it's probably gonna add up to more than what rogers ended up with and so here's I was so excited to do this. Let's <laughs> let's look at Aaron Rodgers' playoff trajectory. Okay, 2009 loses to the Kurt Warner Cardinals. Okay, fine. Not going to knock that. Whatever. 2010 won the Super Bowl. Okay, deserve all the credit in the world for that. 2011, one seed, 15-1, lose at home to the Giants. Nobody gives them any crap for it. Wins MVP, whatever. Mm-hmm. 2012, they beat the, I believe, Christian Ponder-led Vikings uh, before they got bounced by Kaepernick's 49ers. And then the next year, they lost to Kaepernick's 49ers at home. And then 2014, beats the Cowboys on a weird play, right. goes, and everything collapses in Seattle. 2015, beats Kirk Cousins' Redskins and then goes and loses uh, to the Cardinals uh, in that crazy Hail Mary game, whatever. So my point is, like, the wins he has outside of the Super Bowl are kind of hollow. You know what I mean? Like, like Jason, Aaron Rodgers is great. He just happened against our team. That's what I'm saying. Like, Every time. He's, he's beaten the guy in Jason Garrett that we both agree was not very good. You know, like, that, and that's and elevated be, and, him. And look, a win is a win and a loss is a loss. Right. But he did beat Jason Garrett. On a, you, you, I don't know what I can't remember what adjective you just used, but it was an amazing play. And that, look, Dak Prescott played him, you know, dueled him head to head in that in that playoff game, and he makes an amazing. What was it? Third, and third and twenty-seven. Yeah, I don't know. it was painful. Um, and you, what do you think of the irony of it all? That now it's Mike McCarthy, and and he was the guy who delivered the final blow before Wade Phillips got fired. Like that's just insane poetry. Like that couldn't happen to any other team except for the it Dallas Cowboys. It is weird, Cowboys. right? Like it's just kind of hard to picture Mike McCarthy as head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, like it's hard to like envision. I know everybody does like the photoshops, but I can't see him in the Navy. You know what I mean? Like right. And I mean the color, not the like branch of the armed forces. But man, th- this I can't remember who first used this analogy. One of the guys, perhaps in your community, but it's so good. The, the, the thing that excites me about this, and this isn't logical, but I just the analogy is too cute. It just reminds me of Zach Martin over Johnny Menzel. Yes. It just really does. Like, nobody got excited about Zach Martin. None of us. And yet, we ended up with a Hall of Fame, all-pro level guard for a decade versus a flame-out. Mike McCarthy is kind of no, – nobody gets excited about it. I'm just hoping it plays out the same way. I also think, because I agree with you, and not to say that Urban Meyer or Lincoln Riley would be the Johnny Menzel of head coaches in the NFL, right. but I think part of it was – we. I was so excited, I've been saying this a lot, like, to track – flights you know like i was i was so <laughs> ready and, and so pumped and i had all these like pre-writes ready for different head coaches or whatever and then like it was over you know what i mean yeah, it, it right, was right. just it was over i mean like i feel like we didn't really get to bite into it you know what i mean yeah uh, but that's i mean in retrospect aren't you glad though they jumped all over it because i don't know how that coaching those coaching dominoes would have worked i mean everybody hired their guy quick right matt rule took that carolina panthers job quick i think it's interesting the way they're they're not necessarily selling this, this was our guy all along, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But obviously, this is an incredibly important decision to make for the future of your multi-billion dollar company. And you let this dude 
go out and interview <laughs> for other jobs while you right. were while you were just sitting on your hands. You know, it's not like you were in the playoffs and right. you were busy. It's, I find that to be fascinating, and I don't know that they should be killed for that or. That <laughs> well, I didn't like it at first. You probably I don't know if you remember this, but I said I, the process doesn't make sense to it, me. You're right. Um, if he if he was your number one guy, exactly what you just said, why'd you let him interview with so many different other clubs? If he always had this guy targeted, why'd you let him interview with other clubs? If he blew you away in the interview, if that's what it is, doesn't that suggest the interview is really important and you should look to interview some other right. guys? So it never added up to me. But that's all behind me now. Now I'm all in. <laughs> no, now, now we're hyped. We've yeah. got Mike McCarthy tattoos uh, and everything. Um, so you had Tony Pollard on recently. Yeah, I did. What did you think of his, I was going to say utilization, but I, I would, I guess, lack of utilization. Because I also think, like, how do you justify taking Zeke off the field? Like, we can talk about the Zeke contract Zeke, forever. Yeah, but, right. uh, but, like, it's, I feel like it's a, this mental block. Like, like, if it was me, I'd be like, I can't take Zeke off the field. You know, like, I'd be, I feel crazy. Yeah, that's the, I mean, the curse or the blessing of riches there because I think they both need to be on the field. I loved it when they started running two running back sets. Mm-hmm. Tony Pollard, and but the main thing is because that introduced unpredictability. Right. I just want more unpredictability. And totally. Kellen Moore embraced a lot of unpredictability with the pre-snap motion and all that. The main thing about the Cowboys offense for a better part of a decade is that everybody knew what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Down in distance and alignment, we knew what they were going to do and so did the defense. That's and a now, good point. And now Tony Pollard is just an, another tool to be unpredictable. Where is it going to go? Yeah. Um, I would love to see him incorporated more. But I also want Zeke on the field. The sad thing is, Zeke, Zeke calls out sometimes. Yeah. So I'm glad we have Tony. I can't figure it out why Zeke's tapping his helmet and raising his hand sometimes. I, but I agree. I think Tony Pollard's like, um, like you know, when you go to a restaurant, you have like that other fork that you don't, you know, like, I don't need this. Like this one the salad fork. fork? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, I don't, the other, like the main fork will work fine. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not bothered if it has ranch dressing on it or whatever. Um, but so like, that's who Tony Pollard is. But I also think Tony Pollard is time Montgomery for Pat McCarthy. I've been thinking that about a lot lately. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, he was this receiver, this kind of skinnier guy, you know, and that worked, but he didn't have a Zeke, you know, to kind of compliment him. I want to get your thoughts on Dez. Well, before you move on to Dez, I want to say this. Uh, so one of the things I try to do on the Will Cain show a lot is just, I mean, try to think about new ways to have a conversation that could be interesting or push something forward. And when Le'Veon Bell was a free agent and seemingly garnering very little interest, we already had Zeke. He was on his rookie deal at right. that time. And I remember bringing in Teddy Bruschi and some other guys saying, hey, Nobody's talking about this, but what about like the idea of the Cowboys signing Le'Veon Bell? Like to pair him? Why would you need two running backs? Yeah, to pair them. And what I said then was, well, first of all, they're both versatile. They can both catch the ball. You can move them out. And so you're forcing defenses to always be guessing what's going to happen here. Is it run? Is it pass? Who's it going to? So I do think, um, and by the way, once I got Tony, uh, Teddy headed down that path, he's like, that could put some defenses in some interesting positions. Maybe Tony Pollard could be a guy like that. Like, yeah, maybe you're and like that's kind of what you're saying with Ty Montgomery. Like, he could be motioning out in the slot more. Yeah, yeah. you could be like what the 49ers currently are, but just yeah. like Matt, like on Nas. You know what I mean? Like, just <laughs> you'd have Zeke and, and Le'Veon Bell, and it'd be whatever. But okay, so there's a lot of Cowboys fans, and you know this better than most, that are like, we need to move on from Jason Witten. We need to stop with these. You know, we need to let go, let go, let go. And the same people are like, hey, but Will, what do you think about this? <laughs> <laughs> good like, good isn't point. that weird? <laughs> It is weird. I mean, what, like, do you have you at all let yourself entertain the idea purely out of nostalgia? Yes. Or, yes. Or, yes. well, and then maybe afterwards, do you reach a point where you're like, you know, that doesn't make sense? Okay. So, this is my thing. I love value. Like, okay. one of my favorite dudes to study in all of 
well, everything, news, finance, sports, is Warren Buffett. Okay. Warren Buffett doesn't say, I only invest in this company or this kind of industry. He's always looking for value. What's being underpriced? Mm-hmm. Jason Witten is not being underpriced. That's a like, good point. I, it's not about how long he's been here or how much nostalgia is. I just don't think Jason Witten has a ton left to offer on the field. I don't know what he's offering in the locker room. So okay. I have to consider that's really sure. a big part of the value. Dez, though, could be like a value. Like, what would Dez cost? And he's a mystery. Like, what has he been doing? I, I see the videos of you sitting on the floor catching a ball. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, um, it, it is. I mean, there's a little bit of me that's like, could you get a diamond in the rough on a really affordable price at this point with Dez? And yeah. I don't know. So I thought for a long time, it's, it's been a long time, that, that the Cowboys were, were trying to pick up at Lambeau Field on that January day in 2015. Like, that was the way they were constructing their team. Like, drafting Zeke was almost like, we're going to get to go right back to that exact spot. And it doesn't work that way. You know, you have you have to do everything to get there. And if you build a team for that specific moment, I mean, you're forgetting about every other moment in, involved. And I think that in a, lo- in a lot of ways, like, a lot of people and maybe people associated with the team have had trouble letting that go. Because it was this really magical. It was, this, it was like your high school senior year love. You know what I mean? That you just never forget. But I feel like that that, that has held them back and limited them. And, like, I think going out and getting Randall Cobb, things like that really kind of – because forever, you're, to your point, it was Dez, Terrence Williams, Cole Beasley. And that was it. Because that's and the way it was, was in just, 2014. And the offense was – just be better than the defensive back. Be right. stronger, faster. Got to out. Got to do your Chaz Green thing. Got to beat your man no matter yes. what the situation is. And I don't want. I don't want that. And by the, this is an argument against Des, but like I want a route runner who is a precise, making the exact right run with, with an offensive coordinator that's putting defenses in difficult positions to make it as easy as possible on Dak. That's what I want. Here's a here's a more. I think this is a more difficult wide receiver question. Uh, I was seeing Brian brought us. I think brought this up. Do we pay Amari? It's a fascinating... Like, I love Amari, and he is exactly what we just talked about. I mean, a precise, great route runner, which should be the exact thing that Dak needs, and I think was great for Dak, although he disappeared from time to time. But if Michael Gallup is, like people are talking about, like maybe he is a number one wide receiver. Maybe you transition tag Amari just to get through this, you know, year or whatever, because I agree with you, uh, and I don't don't think saying this is not meant to uh, indict Amari, but... You should not double down from the perspective of, oh, we traded a first-round pick for him. We have to pay him. No, you don't. You know what I mean? Like, right. you, you won the division. You had a good time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was a, a big price to pay for something small, but you do not have to double down because you did that. And, it, like, to say double down implies that Amari's been bad, and he hasn't. Uh, but Amari, I, I don't know. I have found it fascinating that the team has pushed the narrative that he – no, he wasn't hurt. He wasn't hurt. There was nothing wrong with him. Right. Uh, obviously, he's in a contract here, but that has been really, really, really interesting that they've kind of let it get to this point. Yeah, and I don't. I, th- I think in the end, I would have a hard time walking away. Like okay, I, I, agree. I, I have to pay Amari in the end. But if you're being a smart business that has a salary cap and has to manage your finances, you do have to go well in a deep wide receiver class this draft with a guy on our roster who people seem to think could be even better than we've already seen. Do you pay this guy? Last thing for you, Will. Yeah, one man. thing you want to see from the Dallas Cowboys this offseason, whether it's one particular free agent or maybe like one position, I want to go get a big defensive tackle, whatever. One thing on Will Kane's wish list for the Cowboys. To be honest, I, I don't. I don't want to dodge your question. I, I, it's That's okay. Happened. You can dodge it. It's, it's already oh. happened. Oh, I just it's it's we have a new coach, and by the way, I think it was time for a new defensive coordinator Agreed. and a new defensive philosophy. I think this roster has been talented enough for several years mm-hmm. to win it all. I don't look at the Cowboys roster and go, wow, it's missing things. I'm not one of these guys that say we're overrating the talent. Right. We're not overrating the talent. I think we have had a coach, and I think Jason Garrett's a good coach. But it's some, And you'd say, well, shouldn't a good coach bring great talent to a higher level? I just think you need a coach that brings this schematically. And, and I was talking with someone about this the other day. I think Jason 
had a philosophy and I respect it, like the whole process thing, but I don't think he had conviction right. in living it out to it. Because like if I feel like if the if the Cowboys fan community complained about him being too conservative, the next game he was going for it on fourth and one on his own thirty. Yeah, they were constantly trying to, you know, like Plug holes like on a on a sinking boat like this. Be you know, you. Exactly. What you believe all the way, and people will follow you, and hopefully that's good enough to take you all the way. Yeah, and for a long time that was the guy that rallied him up when when the going got tough. They came out beat the crap out of the Eagles. You know what I mean? But I think that just just fell on deaf ears, and yeah. you know it was time. But listen, I read I almost every day. I'm on the site. I love what you guys do. Uh, it's one of my favorite sites to visit. My man. the boys, I'm there. The Will Kane Show. It's available as a podcast, too, if you're yeah. on the go. But record the show. Three to watch six it. Eastern, two to, two to five Central, and, ESPN Radio. And Will Kane also on the Blog of the Boys podcast all the time. So, all okay. Right. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for taking the time.